watched the Michigan race with a bunch of my newest friends here in Portland, the Portland area at least. And now I would like to give their impressions of Kyle Larson's win as well as some other things that went on in today's race. You can hear some background music. Um, we didn't have the audio for today's race, so we had to make up our own commentary. So we've been talking racing the entire time. So hopefully there's some good opinions to go around. So um, as I come around to you, uh, just say your name and you can get, just give your general first uh, impression of the race. My, I'll start with me. My name's Jeff. And my impression of the race was, you know, it was one of those typical intermediate races where um, not a lot goes on for the first couple stages. Then you have a bunch of cautions at the end. Things get shaken up. The best car doesn't necessarily win, although Kyle Larson was very fast today. I thought maybe Truex had the fastest car overall. And I thought maybe Kyle Busch was going to win. Obviously, he has something go wrong again. Um, and then you have Larson in the car's car, the car's three car in victory lane, a very good day as far as NASCAR marketing goes. But let's start with Michael. Michael, uh, introduce yourself and give your uh, general impressions of the race. Well, my name is Michael, and I guess I'm one of Jeff's new best friends here. I enjoyed the race. I mean, just like you had said, it was fairly slow at the beginning, which didn't matter to me because we were having a good time here. But, you know, as a lot of races progress, it snowball effect that gets a little crazier towards the end so i enjoyed it was happy to see larson win i guess happy to see larson mcqueen win and overall good time here yeah they were going with the lightning larson hashtag for him this week so now i mean actually i saw somebody on twitter i think it was kim coon tweeted that a lot of little kids might maybe end up being pulled in to nascar because they're going to see oh the lightning mcqueen car went to victory lane i mean that could be helpful right yeah, I think that's a great thing from a promotional standpoint. Be a good tie-in with Cars 3 coming out. All right, I'm moving around the table here. Pause my – pardon my pause. Okay, you want to go next? Sure. My name is Matthew, and um, I think it's really great to be here. I'm originally from Alaska, so it's nice to hang out with a bunch of NASCAR fans, which is a rare occurrence. Uh, great race today. Good to see Kyle Larson get the win, Chase Elliott in second. As a young person, a recent college grad, I think it was interesting um, to have another one, young person in victory lane. Um, it's great for our age group, I think, to see people our age getting wins. Ryan Blaney last week, Kyle Larson this week is really good to see. Um, and gives me some confidence that people that I'm interested in, in and can be fans of will be uh, in the sport for a long time to come and in victory lane. So who are you leaning toward um, for the future, for your future drivers? So I was a Jeff Gordon fan uh, for a long, long time, and it's hard to choose right now. I'm probably Ryan Blaney fan and Kyle Larson. Um, you know, they're both great people that you like to hang out with. Ryan Blaney has a great podcast, Glass Glaze of Emotion. That's a ton of fun to listen to. Are you a glass hole? I am a glass hole. I have listened to all of them and to keep right up with it. So, yes, okay. big Ryan Blaney fan. Cool. Uh, you want to go next? James? Hey, I am James. Uh, I thought the race was really interesting. Um, the way it finished out was a little bit um, uh, chaotic from how the beginning of the race was. Like, there was a lot of cautions in the end. It kind of jumbled up who finished in the top 10. And honestly, if it would have stayed green until the end, Kyle Busch probably had 
the position to win the race and just things for some reason have not been going his way and he ends up finishing seventh out of all that um you know as far as what's hap what's happening with uh kyle larson and ryan blaney winning and you know it's kind of interesting to see because like the last uh 10 15 years or so it's been for the most part the same drivers jimmy johnson um with jeff gordon was there you had matt kenseth kyle bush and it was like that pretty much from the mid 2000s all the way up until recently and now you're seeing these new generation drivers like kyle larson um ryan blaney and chase elliott when he gets his first win um they're going to be coming up and taking over the sport and it's kind of interesting to see and it's exciting to see for the future yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and it's also interesting the way that the season's developing where you're seeing a lot of those guys come to the forefront, and then you have a guy like, I believe, Harvick hasn't won, Kyle Busch hasn't won, um, Logano hasn't officially won because he <laughs> has an encumbered win, but you're going to have some different guys in the playoffs, I mean, it seems like at this point. Yeah, and that's true, and, you know, it's it's like I said, it's always kind of been like – um, the same, uh, or it's not always been the same, but it's been for the most part a lot of the same drivers up there, and it's really nice and kind of refreshing to see new faces up there and new personalities kind of starting to become the, like the face of the sport almost. Yep. Alright, I'll move over here to Justin. Justin, uh, you were nice enough to be the guest co-host on last week's podcast about Pocono after I pulled my moving truck up to your house. Uh, what did you think of this week's race? Yeah, um, wasn't particularly exciting race, um, but I thought there were some really interesting moments. One of the things that was super interesting for me was it was a tale of two races in my mind. I thought Cole Pern won the first two thirds of that race for Martin Truex. I'm not sure if he had the best car, but I think he had the best strategy, and I think that's a big credit to Cole. Uh, I think Johnson is building the best cars right now, and uh, I thought it, you know it was good to see Kyle Larson win. I thought he you know handled those restarts really well. I was kind of hard on him last week on your podcast about, you know, giving it away at the end. And, you know, he's, he stuck it in there, raced really hard and really clean and, and brought the win home. I think it's uh, going to, as we go down the stretch, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the cat and mouse game between these top crew chiefs because the cars are starting to even out at the top end of the field. I think there's a little bit of separation that's starting to happen from 12th on up. And I think it's going to come down a lot to not necessarily driver going as we head towards the chase, but, you know, who's got the best strategy and, you know, who's, who's the best crew chief at this point. So, so we, we did talk about Larson on the podcast last week as far as giving away a lot of races, and he ends up closing it out today on a late race restart at that. Do you feel like this is something where he can learn quickly and, and adapt? And is he, you know, uh, is, is this a product of lessons of him not doing it or was it just a good car? I think it's a it's a product of, you know, been there, done that. I, like I said last week, I, I think if he would just stop giving him away, he's going to win a lot of races. But to be fair, that's that was the norm for many years. That was the expectation that you were going to get up there and not do well for a few times. And, you know, you had to lose a bunch to win was kind of the the um, the conventional wisdom. And that's why Blaney's win last week was so impressive because he didn't have to lose a bunch. I mean, look at Chase Elliott last year. He he finished second in a bunch of races that he probably should have won if he'd had more experience. So I think Kyle Larson is, is making the, the, the turn. You know, this is a race he's obviously won before, so that gives him confidence. And uh, I think if he keeps getting cars like that, he's going to win a bunch of races. I also think he probably should have won eight races over the last two years instead of three. But um, – you know, I think it's very possible to see him win eight over the next two years. All right. I'm going to move over here now. And we actually have somebody with some racing experience. 
um, to bless us on our podcast here with his opinion. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, and what did you think of the race? My name is Tommy. Uh, I thought the race was uh, interesting. I think our opinion of the race is always driven based on our expectation for the race. And in this case, we're talking intermediate track with a recent repave. I don't know that we had a whole lot of ex expectation for a great, uh, exciting race the whole way through. I think it was pretty, pretty tame and what we'd expect. We saw uh, several cars that could stay out front, stay in the clean air, keep speed up, and maintain their, their high posi track position for a long time. Obviously, toward the end, we got some cautions that sort of mixed it up a bit. We saw some guys that typically may not uh, may may finish well at this intermediate style that ended up with some bad luck, didn't they? They we saw some guys hard restarts, hard racing, some some blown tires, getting in the wall, things like this. Shook it up a bit, and and maybe we saw some point shake up as a race of that uh, result of that. I think that was maybe more interesting than I expected for the end of this race. Uh, overall, successful race though. Now, Tommy, um, you race the equivalent of a super late model. Sounds like, if I got my terminology correct around here, when you're watching these races, do you feel like you can see a lot of driving styles? Um, can you pick up on things like that, maybe then more uh, of somebody like me who has, hasn't driven before? Sure. Uh, the type of car race is, is similar, obviously less horsepower and a whole lot less money involved, but uh, absolutely. Um, I think that you can... Uh, I can I watch a race and I can see some of the adjustments they make. I can watch some of the cars. I've been watching racing live for many, many years. I spot for a touring series team as well. And so, yeah, you can see some of the problems they're having. You can see areas of the track they're making adjustments. And if you tune, use the, the, the apps and whatnot and tune, listen to the radios and the drivers, you can, I think an, an average person can learn some of the adjustments they're making and, and ways to benefit the cars. It's, it's quite visual on TV and the coverage is nice. So, yeah. Now let's move down here to Nicole. She is a Casey Kane fan. Uh, how did the race go for you from that perspective today, Nicole? Um, it started out going well, and then the other foot dropped. And as usual, so it was kind of the same old race for Casey. We were starting good and then ended not so well. And you were pretty much calling that the entire time, right? You were saying, oh, here he is running in the top 10. This is going really well. When's the other shoe going to drop? When, when's it going to happen? And guess what? It happened. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, this time it was a pit problem, something with the gun, I guess. So, I mean, it wasn't his fault, but at the same time, it's kind of like this happens every week. Something, it's either the pits, the wall, something. And it's just kind of, it's frustrating. And I can only imagine how frustrating it is for him to have to keep going through this because I don't think it's a lack of talent. I think there's just something not hitting right now. And that's unfortunate for him. So, you know, will you be a, a Casey fan wherever he ends up? I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk. Oh, well, how long will he be at Hendrick? Wherever team he goes, will you follow as a, as a fan? I think so. I mean, I've been a fan since 2004, and I've pretty much gone anywhere, everywhere where he's been. I think a lot of that was because of all the experience of, experiences that I've had up in Enumclaw with him and with his family. I think uh, he's a great guy. He's really nice. I saw on Twitter the other day someone said he was a jerk, and I'm like, what kind of person have you met? Because I've, I've never seen that, and I've been in a lot of uh, more personal experiences as well, and so... Nicest guy I've ever seen. So I, I, it's really unfortunate that it's not clicking with Hendrick, and I don't know what it is. I really thought it was going to be a good move for him, but hopefully we, they figure it out. I don't know if it's crew chief or what. It's just it's, I'm kind of at a loss, actually. All right, now I'll move around the table to Jeff. Uh, different Jeff. Not I'm not interviewing myself. Jeff, uh, what did you think of the race today? 
Um, well, first, let me just say how much fun it was to get together with you guys and be able to watch the race after uh, we've been following you for the last couple of years on social media. So we're glad to have you here and we're glad to be able to spend time with you. Um, a couple of things for me. I think the cars that have been fast all year were fast today. Um, the 42, the 78, the 18. You know, part of it for me, too, coming away was when are the Toyotas going to win a race? Um, the 18 was in position today. Again, only to have luck go against him. Some people would say it's karma, um, but the encouraging part was the 11 and the 20 were fast as well. So just glad to see Kyle Larson win. And again, just happy to be here with you. We had a great time. Thank you. And, and you, uh, you raise a good point, Jeff, because, man, it's like I can't believe we're this far into the season. I, I pretty much say it every week, but it's just more and more unbelievable as far as how how is Kyle Busch not one? How is Joe Gibbs racing? I mean, what in the world's going on? They they've been the dominant team in the last two years, and Kyle Busch has been in position. It seems like every week, um, and then something happens. I I I can't imagine. He he must be quite upset at this point. You know. I I agree. I mean, I, we said there was something with fifty or sixty to go, saying that if history holds, they'll find a way for him to not win the race, and then we can look forward to what he's not going to say after the race. Um, but it is it is puzzling because he is still one of the fastest cars out there week in and week out. And in clean air today, the 18 was as strong as anybody. So I, I'm not a Gibbs fan or a Toyota fan. But again, that was one thing that stood out for me just because of the combination of their luck. And, and you know, particularly in the context of the 78 and now the 77 running well, uh, good as well. It's like, yeah, when is it going to happen for Gibbs? Very good uh, input. Now we'll move over to your wife here, Karen. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and give us a, your impression of the race today? Sure. I'm Karen from Beaverton, Oregon. And overall, I think the race was somewhat lackluster. It's a little bit like last week. Um, first two stages, pretty mellow, not a whole lot happening, and then a whole lot going on at the end. Um, but all in all, we like to see Larson win. That's exciting. like to see some of those new faces um, up front. I think there's a real changing of the guard going on. However, I don't think we count uh, some of the veterans out. You know, Kyle Busch, I don't think we ever count him out. Jimmy Johnson, we never count him out. The Hamlins, the Kenziths. Um, but all in all, it was good to see Bubba Wallace um, get a, a decent run today, um, doing well in that car. Sad to see Danica take another inside wall hit, and um, I think really through no fault of her own, she's out of another race where um, she could have been decent. And um, also, I'm interested to see what Dale Jr. has to say on his Periscope. I think we were talking about we appreciate his, uh, his honesty and what he's brought um, each week after the race on his Periscope, so I'd like to kind of hear what he has to say. Um, still in the top 10 today. You know, we're, we're rooting for him to kind of finish out his season strong, but um, happy to see that he did kind of climb back. But again, somewhat lackluster, but it's a NASCAR race, so I am always thankful to be watching. And we had good company today. Karen, you mentioned Danica Patrick. She took another hit to the inside wall. And you said something during the race that kind of struck me, and, and I want other people to hear it as well, because there's, Danica has a lot of haters out there. People are like, why is she still around? You know, oh my gosh, she's not competitive. But you said something about that your daughter is actually into NASCAR, I believe, because she wants to watch Danica. And so that that's probably a big deal that maybe some people still overlook. Yeah, I, I have two daughters or we have two daughters. They are nine and 13. And especially for the younger one who was, gosh, you know, what, four or five, maybe when Danica um, came around to NASCAR. That was kind of her hook is, you know, mom and dad always watch this or she kind of knew NASCAR, NASCAR. But once Danica was involved and there was 
there was a girl or there was a woman driving. She actually would stop and say, hey, who's this? And what she's, you know, what's she doing there? And um, she'd st- sit down with me and start watching the race. And uh, she went through a whole year where she had a Danica t-shirt um, that my brother had sent her from Daytona. And I think she wore that t-shirt about four days a week until she grew out of it, or it was threadbare, either one. But that really got her attention. So not only brought her kind of into the NASCAR fold to where she's still watching, but it also showed her that us as, as girls, women, like we have a place at the table. And, you know, she may be, you know, the first big name to be out there every week. But to her, it's not an extraordinary thing. It's, and her, as she grows up, that's going to be expected, not, not a novelty. Um, now I'm going to go in reverse order. Karen, what is, who is your championship pick? If you had to make a championship pick today, we're approaching the halfway point of the season. It, uh, it's coming up in a couple weeks here, I believe. Um, who would you say is the favorite to win the championship? Oh, that is a tough, tough question. Um, I think Truex is definitely going to be there at the end. Um, I think Larson's going to be there at the end. But as I alluded to earlier, some of those veterans, you cannot count them out. And they have the experience when it comes down to crunch time, when we get to the end of the season, when we get into the playoffs. Um, I think it's, you know, guys are able to dig in and um, they've been there. They've done it. They're able to turn things around or kind of take that extra step. But that's what I love about NASCAR. You don't know. And I think what's the, with the chase and now the playoffs, it's made it so exciting is, you know, halfway or more through the year. We really don't know, do we? That's a good point. Thank you, Karen. Jeff, uh, who would you say is your championship pick uh, at this point in the season? Well, I agree with Karen that it would be, you can't count out the veterans because, let's face it, the 48 did a big rope-a-dope on everybody in the chase last year. Um, so, you know, from a, from a rooting standpoint, I look at, Martin Truex and have they learned their lessons from last year and are they ready to take the other, the next step and will that lack of uh, experience end up hindering the 42 they were out early in the chase again last year um, I think one dark horse contender that may not end up winning at all but has also impressed me and has been one of the fastest cars all year will be Jamie McMurray you know Ganassi's program is is going and you know a fifth place finish today he's been solidly in the top 10 I think he's fifth in points, if I'm not mistaken, without a win. So, um, again, those to me are the people I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Great. All right, I'm going to come back around here to Nicole. Nicole, um, who would you say is your championship pick at this point in the season? I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson? Yep, I'm going to go with Larson. I think that the new format kind of benefits the younger drivers, not to say that our veterans are out. But I think uh, Larson, I think he's on to something. He's been running pretty solid every week and getting the wins that he's been getting. I think he's going to give Jimmy Johnson and all of them a run for their money this year. Very good analysis there. Let's go back to Tommy Laxton. Tommy, um, who would you say is your championship pick uh, at this point in the season? I know there's a lot left to be decided, but just from what you've seen now. Uh, based on the racing today, obviously we're going to look at maybe even Kyle Larson or Truex, but honestly, if anybody's counting out Jimmy Johnson at this point, they're probably silly. Huh? We're not we're not far enough along, but we know he'll, he's there. He just may not have flipped the switch yet, right? He flipped it for win a race, get in the chase, and when it comes in time, he'll flip it again, won't it? Okay. Good analysis by Tommy there. Let's go back to Justin. Oh, he's Justin's watching Dale Jr.'s Periscope as we speak. Not to interrupt that, but Justin, what, who would you say is your championship uh, favorite at this point in the season? Honestly, I think it's Jimmy Johnson. 
he's uh, in a better spot than he was last year at this point in time. We haven't hit the tracks that he's best at. Um, and the tracks that he's best at so far this year, he's either won or come very close to winning. So I, I don't think you can pit, you know, have anybody else at a, as a favorite at this point. However, who, who, the person that's performing the best is Kyle Larson. If he keeps it up, he's going to win the championship. It's just a real question of you know, when, it's, when it comes to the quote-unquote Jimmy Johnson part of the schedule, is, is Larson going to be able to keep up? I think it's going to be really interesting. And then, you know, will Toyota have its resurgence? It seems like it's starting to come around. And keep in mind, Ford was dominant in the beginning of the year. And, and maybe they've given lost a little bit, but I still think they have the best aerodynamics. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think there's like, you know, it's down to five or six guys at this point. I'll take Jimmy as a favorite, but I, I you know, maybe very strongly second would be uh, Kyle Larson. Sounds good. Thank you. And let's go over back to James. James, uh, who would you say is your championship favorite at this point in the season? Well, there's still a long way to go, and I think we have to look at it as we can't count anybody out at this point. But from what I've seen so far this year, um, honestly, Truex has kind of surprised, like came out and like is the one that's sticking out for me that I think is has the best shot of winning. Kyle Larson's also up there too. And, of course, you can't count out Jimmy Johnson. Like he and Chad just always – they're always there at the end of the year, year after year, in contention. And, uh, you know, I think because um, Truex has just been, um, he's led a lot of laps. He's won stage races. Of course, there's been races like today where you just can't close it out. But I think, I think he'll eventually find a way to close out a lot of these races that he's leading. And I think, I honestly think it's going to be Truex that'll win. Let's go back to Matthew from Alaska. What opinions from Alaska are, are you bringing to us uh, for your championship pick? Well, I think uh, what James was just talking about is a smart pick. Martin Truex Jr., you know, he's got all those stage points built up, so I think he's a lock for the Final Four. Uh, Kyle Larson, if he gets in the Final Four, he's you know, probably the best person on the circuit at Homestead. Um, Jimmy Johnson, always a smart pick. You can never count him out. We've learned that seven times. But then we know teams come and go in this sport, and Gibbs is currently gone but you know i think they'll really turn it around mid-season and i would expect them to be right up there in the final four at the end yeah that's some great analysis i can't disagree with that at all and finally michael um what do you think is your uh, championship pick at this point in the season i mean it's going to be hard to bet against johnson um seven championships there's there's a lot of incentive to win his eighth championship you know obviously we still got guys like truex larson I feel like they're going to be in the final four, but Johnson, uh, the chase always has his best tracks. He, he always seems to pull it out of his bag at the end of the season, so I can't bet against him. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Sarah, can I interrupt you for a second? Uh, Sarah, I, I, I didn't get your take on the race because I know you don't like to do the podcast, but how about a championship favorite at this point in the season? Who? This is my wife, Sarah, I'm talking to. Who, who do you think, Sarah... Uh, She's covering her eyes. Who, who do you want? Who, who do you think is going to win the championship? Martin Truex Jr. Any any reason why? No. <laughs> Great analysis there from Sarah. NASCAR is not her specialty. <laughs> That's fine. Good analysis. I I actually think that Kyle Larson is going to win for a similar reason as Matthew, because Kyle Larson, if he makes it, he's so good at Homestead. Um, I would I would hate to go up against him at Homestead if I was another driver. If he can get there. He's going to be the guy to watch. Um, 
even Jimmy Johnson said that I remember last year was worried about him at the start of the chase. So right now at the playoffs. So uh, I think that's a, a good analysis. All right. So now I'm going to talk about post-race podcast sponsor, Sam tech with Tommy Laxon, because Tommy, you uh, are an aviation instructor. Is that what's the correct term? Uh, aircraft technical instructor. So, um, Obviously, Samtech is the uh, sponsor of my podcast there in Houston, Texas. It's a school of automotive machinists and technology. Um, but they, they are like a performance racing school, technical school. Um, they, they have people from all over the world, and they go there, um, and they learn. It, the, the original objective was to learn about how to do engines and things like that. Now it's kind of, sort of evolved. They, they do put people um, onto race teams, NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, but they also teach them like machine tools. They're just starting, they're gonna start um, a welding program. So they end up sending people to like Boeing, um, you know, stuff like that. That's not just in racing. Can you see the value in something like that for a young person? Oh, absolutely. And considering the industry, we're talking whether we're talking racing or street cars or any of this sort of thing, the multitude of skills a person has to have to be able to be successful in that area. We're talking fluid dynamics and thermodynamics. We're looking at aerodynamics. And now you're looking at uh, reciprocating engine theory, operation, machinist work, all these sorts of great skills that by many standards are falling away from people these days. Uh, we see a lot of people moving back into trades because of the high-paying opportunities and the, uh, the, the the vast number of jobs in that that area, so it's absolutely great uh, a great skill, a great set of skills to have. Thank you, Tommy, for your assist on that one. I appreciate it. And if you're interested in learning more about Samtech, you can go to samtech.edu. So uh, I'm going to let everybody go here. They've been sitting patiently um, as the race has ended about 25 minutes ago now and uh, they were fun to hang out with. So hopefully we'll do it again sometime uh, at our Vancouver, Washington slash Portland NASCAR tweet up. So uh, until next time, uh, I'll talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.